to the Vascular Form Podcast. My name is Carlota Fernandez Prendes. And my name is Agla Cavalloni. This month's editor's choice is acute kidney injury and aortic intervention. Findings from the Midlands Aortic Renal Injury Cohort Study by Athanasius Saratsis and colleagues. Prior studies have shown that acute kidney injury after open or endovascular aortic intervention is strongly associated with worse perioperative outcomes and decreased long-term survival, as well as being independently associated with an increased rate of long-term renal decline. A recent meta-analysis of patients undergoing EVAR also showed that postoperative acute kidney injury was associated with an increased rate of cardiovascular events over a five-year follow-up. So this paper addresses a relevant topic. How is this study different from prior publications? First, this study was designed as a multi-center prospective cohort with a total of 11 UK vascular centers recruiting patients with abdominal aortic aneurysms undergoing open repair, standard EVAR or complex FIVAR or VVAR. This makes it one of the largest observational studies to present a global focus on renal outcomes after aortic surgery. Most large series reporting on renal outcomes are retrospective single-center studies. Secondly, they use a very clear and concise definition for measuring acute kidney injury, which is not that common in previous literature. Some studies used outdated or imprecise reporting criteria for both short- and long-term renal outcomes. Acute kidney injury was defined with the Kidney Disease Improving Global Outcomes KDGO, criteria, the use of which is supported by current NICE guidelines, and are as follows. Rise in serum creatinine above 26.5 millimoles per litre within 48 hours compared with baseline, or rise in serum creatinine more than 1.5 times within 48 hours compared with baseline, or fall in urine output above 0.5 millilitres per kilo per hour for more than six hours. What was the objective of the study? The main objective was to report the proportion of patients who develop periprocedural acute kidney injury after aortic vascular intervention. The authors also tried to evaluate potential risk factors. They additionally aimed to make the incidence of MAKE, major adverse kidney events, a 30-day follow-up. MAKE is a composite endpoint including death, new dialysis, and or 25% or greater decline in estimated glomerular filtration rate compared with baseline. How did they select patients who were included in the study? They included consecutive patients undergoing aortic interventions, either open or endovascular, from 11 UK vascular centres between September 2017 and December 2018. Ruptures in emergent cases were also included, though analysed separately. Exclusion criteria included established cardiac failure with functional status NEHA class 3 or higher, established renal failure requiring replacement therapy, or isolated thoracic or iliac procedures. What were the primary and secondary endpoints? The primary outcome measure was the proportion of patients who developed acute kidney injury within 48 hours after the aortic vascular intervention. Secondary outcomes were the proportion and severity of acute kidney injury to each specific intervention, EVAR, FIVAR, VIVAR, and open repair, and stages of acute kidney injury. The proportion of patients requiring renal replacement therapy at 30 days in one year, the change in estimated glomerular filtration rate at 30 days and one year after intervention, 
the proportion of patients who developed the MAKE30 composite endpoint, risk factors associated with the development of acute kidney injury after infrarenal EVAR or open repair, and the association between the development of acute kidney injury and absolute change in estimated glomerular filtration rate at one year, and with a change in estimated filtration rate above 20%. What variables did the authors look at? Did they make any measures to avoid potential confounders? So the authors collected baseline biochemistry within two weeks prior to the intervention, blood with serum creatinine 24 and 48 hours after surgery, and urine out during 48 hours after the procedure. They also defined a clear perioperative care protocol, including stopping all nephrotoxic medications 48 hours before and after the procedure. Metformin was also stopped 48 hours before and recommenced one day after. All patients received a urinary catheter and 2 milliliters per kilo per hour of intravenous Hartman solution was administered for 6 hours in all patients, unless the requirements exceeded this volume. Furthermore, a non-ionic contrast medium was used in all cases and contrast volumes were recorded on procedure completion. During follow-up, serum creatinine was measured at 30 days, 6 weeks, alongside a clinical assessment, and at 1 year. How many patients were finally included in the study? What were their characteristics? A total of 315 consecutive patients were included, though 15 of these were urgent cases and excluded from the main analysis. The main cohort was therefore made up of 300 patients with a mean age of 71 years and with a 91% of total male population. There were 176 endovascular repairs, 139 EVAR, 30 FIVAR and 7 VIVAR, and 124 open repairs, 98 infrarenal and 26 juxtarenal open repairs. Their overall baseline characteristics were representative of a population with established vascular disease, with 38% having a history of major cardiovascular events and 24% having an estimated glomerular filtration rate lower than 60 milliliters per min per meter squared. All procedures were completed successfully, and none of the patients returned to theatre within 48 hours or developed visceral branch occlusion, gut, or limb ischemia. So what did the authors find? What proportion of patients developed acute kidney injury within 48 hours after the aortic intervention? In patients undergoing elective repair, they found a 28% incidence of acute kidney injury. This was mainly stage 1, accounting for 24% of the cohort. 2.7% stage 2, and 1% required kidney replacement therapy before discharge. None developed end-stage renal failure requiring permanent renal replacement therapy within 30 days. How are these proportions distributed across the different treatment groups? 18% of patients developed acute kidney injury in the infrarenal EVAR group, 27% in the FIVAR group, 71% in the VIVAR group, 41% in the infrarenal open repair group, and 63% in the juxtarenal open repair group, with statistically significant differences between the groups. Of the patients requiring transient renal replacement therapy before discharge, two had undergone juxtarenal open repair and one had undergone branched EVAR. What did the authors find regarding specific estimated glomerular filtration rate changes? At 30 days, the mean change from the estimated glomerular filtration rate at baseline was 7 milliliters per min per meter squared, with patients undergoing fenestrated EVAR presenting the highest drop in estimated filtration rate at 30 days. 
and those undergoing infrarenal open repair with the smallest. At one year, fenestrated EVAR patients had the highest drop in the estimated glomerular filtration rate, about 9 millimeters, and those undergoing infrarenal open repair had the lowest drop, about 1 millimeter. A total of 99 patients, 33% of the cohort, had an estimated glomerular filtration rate drop higher than 20% at 30 days, and 91 patients, 30% at one year. Patients undergoing fenestrated EVAR were the most likely to have a drop of more than 20% at both 30 days, 41%, and at one year, 37%. Patients who developed acute kidney injury were more likely to experience an estimated glomerular filtration rate drop over 20% at one year, with an odds ratio of 2.92 in multivariate analysis. What about make at 30 days? 72 patients, or 24%, developed this composite endpoint. Three required renal replacement therapy, and 69 had an estimated glomerular filtration rate drop exceeding 25% of baseline. Divided by intervention, the proportion of MAKE 30 was 19% after infrarenal EVAR, 21% after fenestrated EVAR, 43% after branched EVAR, 17% after infrarenal open repair, and 43% in patients undergoing juxtarenal open repair. Okay, what risk factors did the authors find for perioperative acute kidney injury? The authors performed multivariate logistic regression on patients undergoing EVAR or open repair, the two most common types of aortic interventions. They found that age, history of ischemic heart disease, and baseline estimated glomerular filtration rate were the main predictors in patients undergoing EVAR, with odds ratio of 1.44, 4.42, and 0.88, respectively, while age, history of ischemic heart disease, baseline estimated glomerular filtration rate and anemia were the main predictors in patients undergoing open repair with an odds ratio of 1.58, 5.20, 0.74 and 0.74 respectively. What are the strengths and weaknesses of this study? Strengths include a display of real-world practice by inclusion of patients from 11 different centers in one country, the authors performed a sample size calculation during the design of the study and completed recruitment, with the use of widely accepted KDGO criteria and the measurement of both standardized serum creatinine as well as urine output systematically in the post-operative phase. Limitations include follow-up of most patients was limited to one year, so only short-term results could be studied. 20% of the patients undergoing an aortic procedure in the recruitment time frame of the study could not be included because of lack of consent or missing data, which could have introduced some form of selection bias. And procedure technical details could not be analysed for more in-depth assessment of potential risk factors as this data was not systematically collected. The authors conclude that acute kidney injury and short-term renal decline after aortic intervention are common. Age, baseline renal function, and pre-existing cardiovascular disease appear to be the main risk factors. Yes, overall one in every four patients undergoing an abdominal aortic procedure will suffer acute kidney injury, and this acute complication can affect renal function one year later. This risk seems lower for standard EVAR according to the study, about one in five patients, with about half suffering it after open repair. 
Result that after fenestrated or branched Evar should be interpreted with caution due to the small group sizes. We must bear in mind, however, that the vast majority of this acute kidney injury is mild, stage 1, and one year later this impacting renal function was smaller in patients who had undergone open repair than those who had received Evar in this cohort. The main risk factors for acute kidney injury found in this study were non-modifiable, age, baseline renal function, and previous ischemic heart disease. But many other intraoperative technical factors could not be analysed and are certain to have been missed. The findings reported suggest we should focus on exquisite intra- and post-operative management to prevent this foreseeable acute kidney injury, as suggested in the 2019 European Society guidelines on the management of abdominal aortoiliac artery aneurysms, and renal protection strategies should be the focus of following research. Thank you, Carlotta. That was very interesting. I look forward to our next podcast. Thank you, Egil. Me too. Talk to you soon, everyone, and have a great one. Take care. Bye.